This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, and what I will do, I took a note of this. I don't think we're going to have time today, but I am going to cover uh, M. Hubbard, uh, M. King Hubbard. I told you a little bit about him when I began to introduce technocracy and I was showing you the guys behind writing the original documents but what i will do is i will pull up just uh the wikipedia page is pretty good give you some background information on him because he'll come into the conversation later when i'm back on with wide awake jim uh and we're going to get into m king hubbard because he had developed some seer uh theories now debunked inside the oil and gas industry of which jim is involved with for his day job so we will get into that folks and i will show you a little bit about him when i do the history uh and i will cover 1919 basically to 1930 uh we'll go to like 1934 so that'll be the beginning of how technocracy inc was formed i'm going to try to sum that all up for you with the information that we currently have all right back up on the screen remember we're covering the technocracy study guide written by m king hubbard and howard scott published in 1934 we are in lesson seven the human engine all right here's a formula that's important food plus oxygen equals carbon dioxide plus water plus waste products plus energy and then energy is heat and work all right so this is how they're breaking down your consumption of their resources food and oxygen it says the heat produced by 100 grams of this average diet would be about 457 kilogram calories provided all of this were digested all right the heat produced by 100 grams of this average diet would be about 457 kilogram calories provided all of this were digested this provides us with a scientific way of rating human beings do you hear that this provides us with a scientific way of rating human beings we can rate them by the amount of energy they consume or degrade per day men on the average consume about 2800 kilogram calories per day and women about 2000 kilogram calories per day the average energy consumed per capita per day by all the people in the united states young and old alike is about 2300 kilogram calories so do you, do you see how they write about you all right this provides us with a scientific way of rating human beings right this is your value to them 
They don't care if you're a good person, if you went to church every Sunday, if you volunteer at a local charity, or you write a check to a cause, you're philanthropic, you're generous with your money. If you operate in a true abundance model, not what they're creating, which is they're calling it an abundance model, but it's going to be based on scarcity because they're going to give you a limited amount of goods within the system. Remember, you're operating on 20,000 energy certificates. You are not allowed to save them. They do not roll over to the next period. You have to use them up in that 12-month to 24-month window that they are establishing, and you can't get any more than that. So they also, in this system, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this, they decide what's actually going to be produced. So in this, uh, and today it's under the World Economic Forum called the circular economy, and we're going to get into that eventually. And so in this system, they decide what's produced. So basically luxuries are gone. So when you go to trade in your energy certificates uh, to get access to food at the grocery store, or really you'll be buying it through a service like Instacart, you're going to have a choice, folks. It's crickets or ramen noodles. All right. You're not allowed to go, hey, I'm, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to splurge tonight. I'm going to use a couple extra energy certificates and get myself a Boston cream pie. They're going to say, what Boston cream pie, pal? We have crickets and ramen noodles. Which one do you want? All right. It goes on to say the average energy consumed per capita per day by all the people in the United States, young and old alike, is about 2,300 kilogram calories. All right. So they have you pegged to 2,300 kilogram calories. The significant thing about all this for our purpose is that it is possible to determine exactly how much energy is contained in various kinds of foods. And then after they were eaten to determine how much heat and work they can produce. This latter is accomplished by placing a man in a large heat tight uh, uh, calorimeter and measuring very accurately over a given time period the amount of heat given off by his body. At the same time, the amount of oxygen he breathes and the amount of carbon dioxide that he gives off are also accurately measured. If the person is lying quietly and doing no work, it has been found that the heat given off in a given time is exactly equal to that contained in the food burned or oxidized in that time. Now, you know they do this, right, in prisons. They actually have this figured out. The type of food that they serve the prisoners is actually figured out by the amount of energy they're going to have to exert to do whatever it is that they are doing inside the prison. You know that bodybuilders do this. You know this is all figured out based on diets. So why would you not think that the government is also doing this, has also figured this out. Dude, they know exactly what's going on. Uh, Right now, you still have the illusion of choice when you go shopping at the grocery store, but trust me, that illusion is going to evaporate very, very quickly. If they get rid of all the actual real meat on the store shelves, uh, other than if you're getting it from, let's say at that time, it'll be black market farmers that are growing uh, cattle, raising cattle, 
on their land. If they get rid of all the real meat on the grocery store shelves and only have Impossible Burgers and Beyond Meat sausages, you won't have a choice, right? So they make that choice for you. So they were figuring all this out going back here to the 1920s, 1930s. It says, by this manner, it is also possible to determine how much work a given amount of food can be made to produce or the efficiency of the human engine. This is accomplished by having the man turn a crank or a pedal, a bicycle, uh, uh, turn a crank or pedal a bicycle attached to an instrument called an ergometer. The ergometer measures how much work has been done by the man. The calorimeter at the same time measures the heat given off. In this case, it has been found that the energy represented by the heat given off and the work done by the man are exactly equal to the energy contained in the food burned during that time. All right, so they're figuring out the formula here of what drives what they call the human engine. You, you are the human engine. You are nothing more to them than an engine. And if you're an inefficient engine, okay, if it were... A factory, think of it this way, and they have 20 different machines that are running, and they're running these tests constantly on their machines, and I don't know, the machines are making, uh, I don't know, widgets, okay? And so when they find one machine that's inefficient, they're going to retool, re-engineer that machine to make it run more efficiently. That's what engineers constantly do. And so now that they deemed you just another form of an engine, just another machine, they are going to work to make you more efficient so at first they figure out how to make you more efficient so that you're uh, providing enough work back into the system based on the amount of resources you're consuming food and oxygen that they're going to get work product out of you equal to what you're taking in but see when you do this what happens is you will realize humans are inefficient based on the scientists and engineers models And that's where you come up with the ideas of, one, replacing humans with machines. Two, eugenics starting to basically breed a supreme race that's more efficient. And then eventually you say, well, the breeding part is too slow. Let's get into transhumanism. And then, okay, let's start engineering humanity through DNA splicing. Let's mess with the genome. Let's do all that kind of stuff. Let's start growing humans in synthetic wombs. Okay, now let's just merge man with machine. And then you're still going to find that that is less efficient than just the machine. And that's where eventually humans get engineered completely out of existence i mean it's just totally makes sense and they tie it back and they pitch it into climate change and they'll say that humans are polluters they're causing problems they emit co2 that's killing the planet and then they brainwash your kids and your grandkids into hating themselves in school because they believe that their existence is actually destroying the planet when in fact what's destroying the planet are the very people that come up with the formulas to say we're destroying the planet because they are actually working to destroy the planet they are GMOing all of our food supply they are spraying chemicals into the air into the soil into the seas and then working to actually engineer humanity so who's destroying the planet who's destroying natural life it's the scientists and engineers that are playing around with human life they are trying to save the planet what they're doing is trying to make everything more efficient more efficient in their eyes because they don't respect the magic of life they don't respect mother nature 
They don't respect God or the creator, whatever you want to call it. They think that they are the gods and it is their job to make everything more efficient. And that's why they have the section in here, which comes up next, 7.3, efficiency of the human engine efficiency of the human engine this is what i'm telling you folks the scientists and engineers are quacks i've heard folks like patrick wood who covers this maybe james corbett and others say something like they're not uh trying to demean all scientists and engineers like i said to you guys i'm not trying to do that either but if you're working at a company or with a government contractor or with the government itself, helping to develop these things, and you're seeing this kind of work come across your desk, I would seriously question this. I mean, at what point, folks, do you start to say, do my morals and values outweigh the work that I'm doing? Do you have any morals and values? That's what I would ask you. I mean, do you believe, do you seriously believe, and I know some engineers who actually believe this, but they won't come on this show and talk to me. People I know in my personal life who actually believe it is okay for their engineering class to engineer humanity out of existence because they believe that's just progress and that's the natural evolution. That if we want to end up going to the moon and going to Mars and doing all these things, then humans are going to have to continue to evolve and that's okay. See, I'm against that. I actually stand on the side of humanity. Although I hate most humans. And when I drive out onto the highway now and it's jammed up and backed up, I get mad and upset with Bill Gates. And I say, what the hell, pal? Weren't 50% of these people supposed to be dead already? No, I mean, I think that way, but I don't really want to do it. I wouldn't act on it. I don't actually want to see the end of humanity. I stand on the side of humanity when it comes to a battle for humanity. Why? Maybe it's selfish, folks, but I happen to be a human and I'd like to survive this thing. Not just survive, but be able to thrive. So when we get back, let's look at what these guys say, what these madmen, these Frankenstein doctors say about the efficiency of the human engine. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the human engine, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast. All right, folks, let's jump right back into this. Again, we are reading and analyzing Section 7, the human engine, out of the Technocracy Study Guide published in 1934 by Howard Scott and M. King Hubbard, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're on section 7.3. This is efficiency of the human engine. Remember, these guys now are working through all these formulas and this theory behind uh, how they're measuring sort of the value of a human. They're rating the human, as they say. Let's just go back up for a second and reread that part. They are rating human beings, a scientific way of rating human beings. 
So it says 7.3, efficiency of the human engine. Remembering that the efficiency of any engine is determined by the ratio of the work done by that engine to the total energy degraded in any given time period, it is now possible to determine the efficiency of the human engine. The maximum efficiency of the human engine has been found to only be about 25%. Uh-oh, uh-oh. They found out that you, you mere mortal human, only have a maximum efficiency of about 25%. You're in deep trouble, folks. And it says this is due to the fact that the human engine, while still alive, never completely shuts down and therefore never ceases to degrade energy. The efficiency is zero when no outside work is being done. That is to say, when the body is at rest, right? So they say right there that they've identified a problem, folks. They identified a problem. And that problem is that zero, the efficiency is zero when no outside work is being done. That is to say, when the body is at rest, all right? So they've got that problem pegged, folks. It says this basic rate of consuming energy while at rest amounts on the average to 1,700 kilogram calories per adult person per day, all right? So you're consuming energy while you're at rest. That's 1,700 out of your 2,300 allotted kilogram calories. That's why 75% is being wasted, It says, when physical work is done, the rate of energy consumption very rapidly increases. A strong man doing heavy physical labor can perform approximately 2 million foot-pounds of work in a 10-hour day, or one-tenth of one horsepower for a 10-hour day. In order to do all this, he will require approximately 5,000 kilogram calories per 24 hours. See, they've got you pegged. They've got the formulas. I told you. I told you that Bill Gates and Yuval Noah Harari and the rest of these guys get up at these conferences and they read off their formulas. They know exactly how many humans they need alive. They know what they can get out of humans. This is why Yuval Noah Harari is so confident standing on a stage calling you a hackable animal and showing all these formulas on how they can hack you and take advantage of you. And use you, because to them, you were just a human engine. But really, at this point, you're just a useless eater. You're a useless consumer of their resources. And when I say their resources, they are their resources. And they are in the process of stealing, hijacking, pirating the rest of the resources on the earth through Bank for for International Settlements, which we're going to get into with Wide Awake Jim soon. Again, it says a strong man doing heavy physical labor can perform approximately 2 million foot-pounds of work in a 10-hour day. It's just one-tenth of one horsepower for a 10-hour day. And to do this, he's going to require approximately 5,000 kilogram calories per 24 hours. Now, by way of contrast, work involving little physical activity, such as writing, or various kinds of desk work, involve very little energy expenditure. It has been found that the additional energy required for intense mental work, like I'm doing right here, folks, amounts only to about 4 kilogram calories per hour. In other words, the most difficult thinking requires additional energy per hour equal approximately to 1 gram of sugar or to one half a peanut. 
Indeed, so small is the amount of energy required to think that a housemaid engaged in sweeping and dusting the study of a college professor would expend as much energy in three minutes as the professor would expend in an hour of intense study. Do you understand that? So what they're saying in their formula here is that the housemaid, the nobody, the lady cleaning up the mess for this sloppy, elitist college professor, is expending uh, in the same period of time, right? So you have the college professor sitting there doing heavy thinking. He's a genius. He's writing this paper, actually. He's coming up with this. He is expending in one hour the same amount of energy that the maid is expending in only three minutes so the maid is inefficient you see right there the elite the thinkers the professors these guys are elevated that's why the scientists and engineers will run the system folks they expend very little energy to come up with the control system and then what they're saying is that you're so inefficient they basically are going to lock you in a box oh i don't know a 400 square foot pod prison where you're not allowed to leave so you can't expend very much energy and the work that you will do will be inside the metaverse where you're using your so-called brain if you still have one by the time they're done manipulating you mind breaking you mind bending you mind controlling you and then you'll provide something back into the system and trade for your energy coupons that you can buy crickets and ramen noodles with oh yeah i think we've got this system pretty much pegged at this point Let's continue, though. It says, one frequently hears careless talk about nervous energy, mental energy, creative energy, and other such expressions, which imply not only that there are numerous unrelated kinds of energy, but that energy associated with the human body is different from energy as manifested in calorimeters and steam engines. It is also implied that human beings are somehow or other spontaneous sources of work or energy from what has been shown in this lesson it becomes evident that all expression uh, expressions have no basis in fact and are therefore sheer nonsense this is only one fundamental energy which as we defined above is the capacity to perform physical work right so there is only one fundamental energy which, as we defined above, is the capacity to perform physical work, right? I believe, folks, was it not at Auschwitz concentration camp? In the middle, there was a big sign, like a gate that you walked under, and it said the work will set you free. Basically, you worked there until they killed you. <laughs> they either worked you to death, tortured you to death, or just straight up killed you, threw you in the shower in the gas chamber. And so these guys now are basically saying, you know, if you're not performing physical work, you're not exerting energy, right? Engines of any kind are not creators of energy. They are instead converters of energy from one form to another in exact accordance with the first and second laws of thermodynamics. The laws of thermodynamics are no respecters of persons, and they hold as fast and rigorously in the case of the human body as they do in man-made engines. You see that? You see that? This is the mind of the scientist and the engineer. This is the basis of the ideology that goes behind the idea of the technocracy or of the technate, the technate being basically the country. 
Again, the laws of thermodynamics are no respecters, no respecters of persons. And they hold as fast and rigorously in the case of the human body as they do in man-made engines. Again, you are nothing more to these people. And I'm repeating this because I just want to get this into your head. This is important. You're going to need this as we move forward because I don't want to hear from people anymore to say, why would people do this to us? Why would they do this? Why would they be so evil? Why would these people do this? Folks, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in the mind of Howard Scott or in the mind of M. King Hubbard or in the mind of Yuval Noah Harari, or in the mind of Klaus Schwab, or Peter Thiel, or Elon Musk, or Dennis Bushnell, or Ray Kurzweil, or the rest of them. I don't live inside their head. I try to put myself inside of their head. Now, I believe there's a combination of things going on. They suffer from inferiority complex. They are afraid that we will rise up against them. They do believe that everything is inefficient and it's their job as the gods to streamline everything. They are trying to build their own universe because they have no respect for Mother Nature and the Creator. They have no respect for any of this. They believe that they are the smartest people in the room, the smartest people in the world, the smartest people in the room. That's what they think they are. They do believe this. And so they may believe that they are creating a better future for their kids and grandkids, or they may just be straight-up psychopaths and they really don't care about their kids or grandkids. goes on to say, a human body takes the chemical energy from food and converts it into heat and work on a 24-hour basis. Rarely as much as 10% of this energy taken in is converted into work. You see that? Rarely as much is 10% of this energy taken in is converted into work. So remember, let's go back. So what did we talk about before? They're taking food, they're taking oxygen, you put it into the body, the body is their engine, and rarely 10% of the energy that's taken in is actually converted back into work. And what is work? Work provides a value to the system, to the system. Because outside of their system, when you're working on their schedule, the 16-hour-a-week work schedule, and they're working you during those hours, if you really believe it's only going to be 16 hours, you're crazy. But when you go inside of that system and you work, you're providing value to the system. When you're outside of the system, when you're not providing physical work, you are just a liability. You are a useless consumer, an eater. Um, You are wasting their resources. Which is why outside of the system, there really isn't going to be much of anything to do. They pretty much lay that out in their documents. There's very few uh, extracurricular activities, folks. And in the new system, it's this idea of locking you inside of a 400-square-foot pod prison without the ability to drive a car. And again, I'm going to get into the transportation and how that works inside of this system. It goes on to say, consequently, in spite of anything we can do, man is a dissipator of energy. And it is not possible for him by any amount of work he may do ever to repay the amount of energy that he required in doing that work. You got that? Do you understand what they just said? I mean, please, please, folks, let this sink into your head here i'm going to read this one more time i want you to absorb this consequently 
in spite of anything we can do really in spite of anything they can do man is a dissipator of energy and it is not possible for him by any amount of work he may do ever to repay the amount of energy that he required in doing that work so the conclusion that they come to and this is it this is your human value you are a consumer of energy a consumer of resources and no matter how hard they work you as a regular human in your human form you can never repay the amount of energy that you consumed right through the food and through the oxygen that you then burned inside your body to create energy to be able to do physical work for the system you can never repay those resources that you use that food that oxygen to the system by returning your uh returning it by supplying work to the system they've already deemed that you are a net negative to the system and then you're going to ask yourself where the ideas of eugenics and transhumanism and merger with man and machine eventually to the point in which humans are engineered out of existence comes from this is the basis of it folks technocracy study guide 1934 written by m king hubbard and howard scott lesson seven the human engine they have your number they figured you out you're a useless useless piece of trash you're an inefficient human engine if you were in a factory they would just pick you up and throw you in the garbage and start all over again that is what these people think of you i don't think anyone has gone through this yet this first hour of this show was very important folks so feel free to share it with people leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts and a comment please i would appreciate it because i am over here operating as a human engine i am efficient i am putting this together for you i'm not cherry picking things out of these documents little sentences little quotes and then trying to weave together some kind of a narrative for you i'm showing you and reading you the full sections of these documents so you can see they are 100 percent in context and understand how they tie in to what is happening today and where we are going in the future these people are monsters they don't think of you as they don't value humanity whatsoever you wonder where abortion comes from infanticide up to the last day the child's born where does it come from because the scientists and the engineers do not value human life all we are to them is some inefficient human engine i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 